Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Today, I am in Mark chapter 5 as a part of our Faith Radio reading through the Gospel of Mark this Lenten season as we journey with Jesus toward Jerusalem and the events of Holy Week, which notably is next week. Okay, so Mark chapter 5, you are going to encounter Jesus here. Um, You're going to uh, experience him crossing over. Uh, the Sea of Galilee to the country of the Gerasenes. So this is a um, this is a an interesting conversation to be taking note of, or interesting uh, text to be taking note of when we are having conversations about what's happening at our own southern border or mass migrations around the world. People um, who have been born in foreign countries, and how Jesus feels about them and all of that. So uh, Mark chapter 5, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him uh, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs. Now, I want to pause right there and kind of give you a visual of what's going on here. Obviously, the sea is down there at sea level, right? It's ground level, right? And so there are these massive cliffs Jesus will have obviously arrived at a ground level, sea level dock or shore of some kind, probably just a shore because the boats don't have any any keel to speak of. So they can just run right up on the shore. It's also why they're so easily tossed about um, when you are talking about a storm that comes up quickly on the sea, which we're going to get to in just a minute. So this man um, whom we will come to to discover has been... uh, People have cast him out of their community. They have tried to bind him with chains. Um, He couldn't even be bound with shackles and chains, which is obviously the way that his community was seeking to deal with what is described here as evil spirits. You and I, in contemporary language, might describe it as severe mental illness. He is seeking to wrench the chains apart. He breaks the shackles into pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, so we know that he is among the tombs on top of the mountain in, in the experience that, he, that has bound him and segregated him from other people and put him in a place of isolation and self-harm. That's where he is, verse 6, when he saw Jesus from afar. Now, let me ask you, he's up there on the top of the mountain and he sees Jesus from afar, which means he sees Jesus out there on the sea. Well, what do we then find out was happening, or do we just find out was happening outside, out on the sea? Well, there was this storm. He had just witnessed the storm that took place, chronicled in Mark chapter 4, which we read yesterday. He knows that Jesus can still a storm. He also knows that Jesus can rest in peace in the midst of the storm of other people. He knows he has seen it with his own eyes. He saw Jesus 
on the sea, calm a storm and calm the people around him. He knows that Jesus has the power over what is creating such desperation and turmoil in his own life. And so what does he do? He runs from the tombs, from the top of the mountain, so that he can be there. He can be there when Jesus arrives at his shore. Um, How do I know that? Because Mark says, immediately, so they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes, and when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him this man from the tombs. Now, this goes on to chronicle the healing of this man and um, and the response of the people there who preferred pigs to the healing of uh, of this man. Uh, this chapter also includes Jesus crossing back over to the other side. Wait a minute. Uh, he just went across there to heal that one guy, to meet that one guy, to do that one thing. Yeah, it would appear so. Um, a great ca- crowd had gathered uh, by the time Jesus got back. And this is where we encounter not only um, Jairus and the conversation about the healing of his daughter, um, but the woman uh, as well. So there's all kinds of hearing, healing miracles that take place in chapter 5. What I want you to focus on um, are the circumstances of the people involved, the lengths to which Jesus goes to heal, um, and his willingness to heal anyone, anyone, regardless of their station in life, their nation of origin, Um, or their status in the religious community. Those are all going to be important notes for us as we consider our own behavior toward others today. All right, Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com is waiting right now. We are going to talk taxes. It's tax time. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. It's tax time. Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. Welcome back, man. Now, see, as soon as you say that, tax time, right, you know, it's like it's another bummer bill Wednesday, right? Because <laughs> no one <laughs> likes to talk about taxes. <laughs> well, maybe no one likes to talk about taxes, although although apparently we can put them off a little longer this year if we want to. But uh, I'm just going to encourage folks to, you know, don't put off until tomorrow what you could do today. Um, all right. So um, let's talk about um, one horrible thing that people, some people, many people are discovering. They're finding out that they're victims of massive unemployment benefits fraud when they go to um, uh, submit their taxes this year. This is a crazy story. Yeah, it really is. This is this is a story long uh, coming, really. These organized criminal elements out of Russia and Nigeria, China and other places, um, they have been building for decades now these large databases on Americans uh, as as much as they can get uh, about us. Like they 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 steal identities from banks, credit rating agencies, healthcare systems, retailers, and I I suspect they have some pretty talented people who who are good at big data, who are taking good at taking large data sets and putting them together. And they um, saw an opening with this whole paycheck protection program, the unemployment benefits uh, programs in the 50 states. And they started stealing, uh, basically using people's identities to go out and get money through the unemployment uh, systems of the various states and territories. There's 54 of them altogether. And um, 
people are finding now that some of these unemployment benefits are taxable. And they're they're starting to receive notices around this around this, you know, you 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 have received this money now you have to pay a tax on it. And the people are going, we had we never received the money a and b, we didn't know it was taxable in the first place. And so this is uh, becoming uh, quite a stir pretty quickly, I think. So uh, what's the scope of this? Um, and um, and and I don't know, what, are you, what, what, what would you do if when you were filing your taxes, you found out that you were a victim of this? What would I do? I, I probably would contact a lawyer to represent yeah. me or, or go to one of those um, services that advertises on the radio about, uh, you know, we're going to help you get rid of your mm-hmm. tax liability with the IRS that I would, I would get protection. I wouldn't go this alone. Uh, so, yeah. So I think that the, the, some of the things complicating this, and you've pointed this out is that, you know, every single state in the nation has a different way of dealing with, yes, they um, do. Has, has a different system, <laughs> a different, and that those systems are very antiquated. Um, this is a massive fraud, um, uh, estimated at something like, $63 billion, I mean, I, or potentially $200 billion. I mean, just crazy, right? Crazy money. And it's Russian, Chinese, and Nigerian criminal organizations behind this theft. Um, just, you know, I, wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. And $63 billion is the OIG, Office of Inspector General's estimate. Um, the $200 billion came from a third-party source. I think it's ID.me. And... Uh, uh, and look, uh, what these what these organizations are doing is basically stealing money from our unemployment uh, benefit uh, systems, and they're going to sock it away and use it to fund their organized criminal elements for years to come. Uh, they these these are not dumb people. These are smart people. Yeah. These are talented people, and they know how to how to take advantage of this. You know, what would you think if we were to say? Let's let's go to the drug cartels in Mexico and let's make sure that they have an additional two hundred billion dollars that that's kind of what we're that's kind of what's happening here, except it's not necessarily the drug cartels in Mexico. It's the organized criminal elements that are very, very evil in uh, in uh, China and uh, Russia, Nigeria, Ghana, those places. All right, um, Bill, um, let's talk very, very briefly about um, charitable giving. There's a number of charitable giving proposals before Congress. Bill and I are not going to unpack those right now, um, but just talk, just remind people about um, the need for charitable giving, but also some um, some things they might not be aware of this year. Yeah, uh, Congress is giving, and this is for people who do not itemize deductions, okay? If you itemize deductions, this doesn't apply to you. But for those who do not itemize deductions, Congress is giving an extra $300 per person or $600 per couple deduction for charitable giving. And there's a lot of giving that needs to happen right now, right? Food shelves, excuse me, uh, clothing centers, uh, churches, uh, nonprofit in in the community for the homeless, all those kinds of places need additional money because the demand is so high. Mm-hmm. And so what the federal government is doing is saying, look, we're going to help incentivize additional charitable giving by letting you deduct more on your federal income taxes uh, so that you know so that you can give away more. Now look, as a Christian, I don't give because I get a deduction from the federal government. That's that's I mean it's a nice to have 
kind of thing. But we give because God owns all of our money, and God, when God commands us to give, we give. And it doesn't really matter about the tax implication of it. Uh, but for those who are interested in that tax piece, that is available to them. All right. We've got to take a very brief break. When we come back, Bill and I are going to uh, pivot from taxes to, I don't know, other things. We're going to talk during the break about what those other things are going to be. We'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Continuing my conversation with Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. So um, I have been uh, reading, Bill, um, about something called the workcation. Workcation? Workcation? Okay. Yeah. So... So here's what's going on, apparently. So people, um, you know, because they can work from anywhere right now, they are kind of going on vacation or they're at least going to vacation um, destinations. They're they're not working from home, but they're still working. And so they're kind of on vacation, but not really. And it's called a workcation or a workcation. I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, you know, it doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, if I could uh, do my job fully from the Caribbean, why not? You know, I, that's, well, so that's, I guess that's where my, my so mind I guess, goes. I just, so, so I, got my I know. So here would be my question. Are yeah. you, you know, so, so this is, are you really working full time if you are on vacation? And if you're not working full time, then is that sort of like legit in terms of the new hybrid model um, I guess I'm thinking here about whether or not your employer is actually getting you. I don't know. Maybe they're getting a better you. I don't know. I'm just kind of exploring it. Well, look, to me, it's it's not a question about are you working full time? It's a question about are you delivering what you've been hired to deliver to back to the company? Hmm. And uh, many – now, I take a salaried view here, right? Hourly people work it's, – it's a different conversation. But for salaried people – um, for exempt people, it's, it's, am I getting my job done regardless of the number of hours that I work? And if I'm able to get that done in a quality way on time and I can do it from a place that I enjoy being at, um, and, and there's a way for me to interact with people that is acceptable to everybody else. I, I don't see a problem with it. This is, this is really what this hybrid model that many companies are moving to is going to produce. First, people are going to say, you know, I'm going to work from home part of the time. I'm going to be in the office a little bit part of the time. And then, and then they're going to eventually disperse, I think. They will eventually say, I don't need to live in Minneapolis or Hartford or Madison or wherever they live. And they're going to say, I can live in San Antonio or I can live in Miami or the Caribbean or wherever. And for the few times that I need to come into the office, I'll just fly up or I'll just be, you know, wherever, wherever I need to be. And to me, they probably are happier people as a result. And maybe their work productivity goes up. I'll tell you, at the company I'm leading, this hybrid model that we've been forced into, we have not missed one beat in productivity with our staff, not one. And in fact, many of my staff have come back to me and said, I really like working from home. Can we keep doing this? So I, I like it. I like this idea. 
Yeah. So um, experts, uh, mental health experts disagree with you, but that 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 probably that <laughs> yeah, would but probably I am a be health experts. So. Yeah, there you go. So um, 74 percent of Americans who are working from home said they would consider taking a workation. Um, that's via a Harris poll reported by Axios today. Um, the kind of work that more and more people do doesn't actually fit neatly into a time and place. You have obviously noted that. Um, it's not like you stop thinking about uh, your work when the clock hits five o'clock. Yeah. So this is the sort of inter- international part of the conversation as well. Um, I mean, I, you know, my day starts at 4 a.m. Central, but my friends on the East Coast, some of them, you know, are already up and at them and ahead of me. And the people on the West Coast are still in bed when we get off the air. So um, and if we want to talk with guests from Uh, halfway around the world, then we do so in hours that would seem odd to us, but normal to them. And so I do think that the globalization is part of this conversation as well. Um, Apparently, lots of Americans have unused or underused vacation days. Um, I would Mm -hmm. be one of them. Uh, And we we have been working longer days during the pandemic. That does does not surprise me. None of that surprises me. Yeah, it it doesn't surprise me either. And and this workcation, honestly, when I go on vacation, let's say I take ten days and go somewhere, I'm still mm-hmm. checking email. I'm still sure. doing a little bit of work every day, because it's easier than coming back to the avalanche of work that is waiting for me. That's exactly right. And so this this idea of work life balance, um, you know, it's 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 a tricky one, but I think it's doable. Um, workcations, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with it, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, you guys can at Bill on this. He is on Twitter at Bible and Business. Bible Business. <laughs> Bible Business. Oh, there's Bible no business. ad in there. I'm not, I gotta look at it again. Okay. Bill okay. is on Twitter at Bible Business, but you can find him online at BibleandBusiness.com. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. We'll talk to you soon. That's you bet. Take care. Bill English. Check him out. Bibleandbusiness.com. All right. Yes, you can add him, not me. All right. Uh, more next. Oh, super fun segment next. Annie Downs, author and podcaster. That sounds fun. Literally, that sounds fun. It's the book. It's the podcast. It's Annie. That's up next. considered that there's people out there who are experts in everything? Well, Annie F. Downs is the expert in fun. 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 Okay, so what sounds fun to you? Like if I were sitting down with you for a cup of coffee, which may or may not sound fun to you. Uh, but if that sounds fun to you and I ask you the question, well, what sounds fun to you? How would you answer that? Hmm. It sounds fun to me. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen, Annie F. Downs and the book. That sounds fun. We'll be right back. Faith is trusting what the eye cannot see. This is Max Licato. Eyes see storms. Faith sees Noah's rainbow. Your eyes see your faults. Your faith sees your Savior. Your eyes see your guilt. Your faith sees his cleansing blood. Your eyes look in the mirror and see a sinner, a failure. But by faith, you look in the mirror and see a robed prodigal bearing the ring of grace on your finger and the kiss of your father on your face. 
God's power is very great for those who believe, Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, 19 through 20. That power is the same as the great strength God used to raise Christ from the dead. So next time you wonder if God can forgive you, read that verse again. The power that raised Christ from the grave is the power that resurrects hope in our hearts. This is Max Lucado. This is a new thrilled to introduce you, if you don't already know her, to Annie F. Downs. I put the F in there because that's the fastest and easiest way to find her, Annie F. Downs. Um, She is a really successful podcaster. Her podcast is That Sounds Fun. Uh, And she's joining us today to talk about the book as well, That Sounds Fun, The Joys of Being an Amateur, The Power of Falling in Love, and Why You Need a Hobby. Annie, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so this is a book about nothing and a book about everything and a book about everyone. Um, this is a this this sounds fun. Um, so <laughs> you you basically start conversations with people with a question um, or an opener. What sounds fun? And that has really opened up a world to you. And you're just now sharing that with all of us. Yeah, absolutely, Carmen. What happens is at the end of every podcast episode, that's just kind of what I ask the guest. I say, okay, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. And we're 400-ish episodes in, and so I'm getting 400 different answers. And I started realizing, Carmen, I I was listening to people, and I was like, wait, how come every time someone starts to tell me what sounds fun to them, they lead with like a I don't know if this will sound fun to you or this may be ridiculous, but it's like there's some sort of shame attached to what they think is fun. And then they have this answer that is actually usually pretty profound when you dig into it. And I was like, OK, I got to figure out what what it is about this fun thing. And and so that's where the book came from is like, how did this conversation about fun become something that makes people feel shame, but also connects to their like deepest self? So let me tell you one of the things that we have done at my house, and that is turn okay. the book, turn the book the wrong way, like turn it on its side and just read through some of the answers to the question. That sounds fun or the starter. What sounds fun? Um, and so tell people a little bit about because I don't know how many there are, but there are a lot. There are a number of pages yes. that if you turn the book on its side are just listen, 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 list of the way other people have answered the question. That sounds fun. Okay, you're going to love this, Carmen. Here's what happened is I literally just said to the people listening to my podcast, hey, will you go to this Google Doc and will you tell me what sounds fun to you? Do five words and your name. If it's not five words, it's not going to get it. If you don't tell us your name, it's not getting in. And over 3,000 people gave us answers. And so we'd originally, Carmen, said we'd been like, okay, we'll probably have space for like 500. And then when we got that many, we were like, Oh, we got to figure out how to get them all in the book. And so literally every answer that was given to us, we found a way to fit into the book. And isn't it fascinating as you read? I mean, some people are like, swim with dolphins, do a surgery, uh, eat cake, go see my grandparents. I mean, it is the widest variety of answers that are spread throughout the book, which also tells you like, Man, fun matters to everyone. Everyone can think of what sounds fun to them. And also it matters to us to talk about that with each other. Totally. I mean, everything from like snowshoeing in the Rocky Mountains 
to a fire pit, friends, baking, camping, and live music. Like, right? So ice yes. cream and Hallmark movies. Like, see, that does not sound fun to me, but I am so glad that Brooke thinks that's fun. Um, that's exactly right. Yeah. So mine, um, cooking, uh, fire, moving water, rain on a metal roof, cozy blankets, soul time with my husband, flowers. See, I have more than five. So what sounds... <laughs> so, so why is it fun to just actually start talking about and stimulating the conversation um, on this topic. And part of this gets to scratching that itch that you just uh, observed a moment ago. There's there's some, why do we feel guilty about having yeah. fun and about talking about having fun? Well, there's so many of us that, you know, are, are thinking, what does fun have to do with faith? And what does fun have to mm. do with God? And, and the reality is when you sit down, you could do it tonight at your dinner table. If you will ask all the way around the table, hey, tell me what sounds fun to you. And then when someone answers, whether it's your 10-year-old or your best friend or your wife or your husband, if you go, why is that? Why does camping sound fun to you? Almost always, Carmen, we get down to, well, when I was a kid, dot, dot, dot. And there is something about the simplicity of our childhood that we are all missing. And what I actually think it is, if we're talking to faith friends, what I actually think it is, is we miss some of Eden. Even though we've never known it, we've never known what it was like before sin and we weren't Adam and Eve. There is something we we know in our souls. I mean, our the scripture says eternity is built into our hearts. And there is something we know we're missing out on. And, and the closest we can find is thinking about what sounded fun to us when we were kids. Okay, so that provokes me to want to make a lot of memories that, you know, maybe a generation from now um, would be the answer to the question, what sounds fun? And, you know, some some adult, a generation from now, who is now a kid, would be able to say, um, sleeping in a tent in, inside at Grandma Carmen's house and going outside to roast marshmallows. Um, I mean, just like, right? I mean, whatever yeah. crazy fun thing um, we might have a shared experience of with our kids or grandkids, nieces, nephews, any mm -hmm. kid that's in proximity to us. It does break my heart. I'll just confess this. Um, when, you know, you see kids living in circumstances where it's really, really hard to imagine that fun is much a part of their life. But that's yeah. also when I remember, Annie, that kids are really adept at making fun out of things mm -hmm. that others of us might view as desperate and stressful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know what's true about you and me and all of our friends listening, no matter our childhood, is that when we were nine, we didn't have to, like, try to think about what sounded fun to us mm. like we do as adults. When you're a kid, you just go outside and have fun or you just go play in your room or uh, kids figure out how to entertain themselves if they have to figure out how to entertain themselves. I did it. You know, I had a lot of mm -hmm. siblings and a lot of family around and I still found a way to like do what sounded fun to me. So how come when I'm 40, it's harder for me to come up with what sounds fun to me when I was a kid, it, I didn't even have to think about it. That's the reconnection we need to make because I actually think when you make that reconnection, no matter what your childhood was like, if you're able to find these glimpses of man, that was really fun and bring some of that into your adult life. I think it actually reconnects you with God in some special ways too. All right. I'm talking with Annie F. Downs. You need the F in there to find her. AnnieFDowns.com. Uh, the podcast is That Sounds Fun. The book is That Sounds Fun. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, the subtitle here, The Joys of Being an Amateur, The Power of Falling in Love, and Why You Need a Hobby. Why don't you just riff on one of those? 
Okay. I like them all, Carmen. That's the fun part. Um, you know, I think the one that people talk back to me the most about is the power, the joy of being an amateur and what it means to like, let yourself be new at something again, to let yourself be a beginner, whether it's relationships or conversations or hobbies or a sport or a cookbook or anything that you don't know how to do well. Uh, there's something in culture that tells us that we need to do everything well or don't do it. If you can't be great at that, don't try it. And for sure, don't put it on the internet unless you're the best at it, right? That's, that's the whole problem with Instagram is that we see everyone's curated lives because they're only showing us the things that look professional. They're not actually showing us what amateur life looks like. And the reality is most of us, besides our jobs, are amateurs at everything else. And so I, I think that that really matters. People feeling permission again. It is actually really fun to do something new and to try something new if you'll give yourself permission that you will still be loved even if you fail. So I, um, during COVID, one of the things that um, that we did was um, this, I mean, on Facebook, I just started cooking <clears throat> in front of other people, The um, yeah. which is ridiculous. But I was actually, it was like my sneaky way of trying to teach my soon-to-be graduating uh, from high school um, daughter uh, some basic things because she was going to be escaping from our home not knowing <clears throat> some very basic things about cooking. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, if I make her the photographer, like she has to stand there and not that I really needed one, right? I could have put it on a stick, but she didn't know that at the time. So, um, yeah, you know, I really need your help with this. Can you be my videographer mm. when I'm doing these uh uh, these little Taste and See Tuesday Cooking with Carmen segments. And she's like, sure. So she was all enthusiastic about that. And she actually did learn how to cook some things um, in the midst of it. What I was surprised by, because I figured nobody's watching, because why would anybody be watching me cook whatever we're having for dinner on Tuesday night? Um, when we stopped doing it, like people at church were like, hey, I really miss that uh, that cooking thing that you were doing. And I was like, okay, seriously, people were watching that? Like, that's crazy. But people yeah. do just enjoy being welcomed into your life. It doesn't matter that, like, you're literally just doing what you do. It's entertaining to other people sometimes, and it might inspire them to try something new as well. So I love the, um, the, the, the encouragement to be an amateur and not worry mm -hmm. about being an expert and just doing it for the fun of doing it. All right. And we got to yes. take a very brief break. When I come back, uh, Annie Downs and I are going to continue our conversation. The book is That Sounds Fun. I'm going to ask her a little bit about why we need a hobby. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, continuing my conversation with Annie F. Downs, That Sounds Fun podcast, That Sounds Fun book, expert on fun. I don't know. Isn't that just kind of cool thing to be known by? <laughs> known as, right? I you're love it. Just a, oh, you're not favorite. just an amateur. You're not just an amateur at this, by the way. You are an expert in fun. Okay. So um, why does fun matter and why do I need a hobby? Well, fun matters because it actually is telling you a lot more about yourself than you realize. What you think is fun, what you communicate about your fun is actually telling you kind of what matters most to you, what you are willing to set aside work for, which is a big thing for, for me and a lot of my friends is what are we willing to stop working and what are we willing to gather people around? And, and so it'll tell you a lot about yourself, but that's the thing about hobbies too, is, is 
our lives move really fast. After a year of being stuck at home, a year of our lives really stopping, things are starting in a lot of places to pick back up again. And now we're having to figure out how do I loved making bread in 2020. How do we keep making bread in 2021? I actually enjoyed working on puzzles in the evenings in 2020 because I couldn't go to concerts or sporting events or dinners out. How do I carry that into the future? Because hobbies really do make, make space. They make connection for you with God, with other people, even with yourself. And so finding a hobby, a thing that you do, that you make with your hands, most often, my friend Matt Chandler, who I'm sure you know and love as well, Matt says, if you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. And if you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. So for me and you, we're talking all the time and we're using our brains for our work all the time. So when I am resting, when I want a hobby, I want something that I make with my hands. Like you were talking about cooking or cross-stitching or playing an instrument or gardening, doing something that gets your hands to creating something. And man, those kind of hobbies, they just pay off over and over again. Yeah, there's no question about that. I think that when other people um, look at my life, they they actually like think it's over full. They're like, you know, how can you be raising chickens and puppies and cows and tending garden and mowing 40 acres? And well, I'm not doing all of it myself. Uh, mm-hmm. by myself, right? There's a lot of people involved here at our house. But I need all of that. I need to cook dinner every night for my family. It is a creative outlet. Dinner, Making dinner, setting a beautiful mm-hmm. table, and sitting down in table fellowship with my people, that is that sounds fun to me. That is yeah. fun to me. And it, yeah. it, uh, it restores the joy, um, and it enables me then to, you know, right, do the other things that, um, that are also fun. I find my job very, very fun. I love doing what I do, but I don't do it for fun. I do it for work. Um, and right. so uh, keeping keeping those things maybe in continuing conversation with each other, I think, is part of what you're provoking us to do as well. Um, uh, Annie, let me ask you this. What um, looking forward to sort of whatever post-COVID life is going to be, because you just alluded to that, like, how am I going to be able to keep baking bread in 2021? That's a really good mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking looking into whatever post-COVID is going to be. Um, instead of asking, you know, like, what did you miss most when we were in total shutdown and lockdown? Let me ask this. What are you most looking forward to as we mm-hmm. look into the, you know, sort of reopening of everything? Mm-hmm. Um, I will answer that. I'll tell you why it's an important question, though, is because if we try to build 2021 forward like 2019, mm-hmm. uh, there's this thing that's actually in our brains that we know what comes after 2019. Right. What actually comes after 2019 is 2020. And so if we only go backwards and try to rebuild the life we had before the pandemic, it will not be as hope filled as you think it will be. And it's one of the reasons we need to try some new things because new things bring hope. And so we don't need to just go back and try to recreate the life we had before the pandemic. We need to invite some new hobbies, some new opportunities, some new relationships into our lives now that say, I don't know what comes after this, because that will actually bring a lot of hope, Carmen. So for me personally, if you're asking me personally what I'm looking forward to going into 2021 and and into a life uh, post this pandemic, I am really looking forward to traveling again and going to some places I've never been. 
again, my friends and I sat at dinner last week and we said, okay, where's the first trip we're going to go on as soon as we can like fly internationally. And we, and one of the rules we said is we, it can't be anywhere any of us have ever been. And so that's what we did is we just brainstormed up that, that we want to go to Denmark because <laughs> we've never been up there. <laughs> and so that's what that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm looking forward to. And so that that would be my encouragement to our friends listening to is don't just say, what did I miss and what do I want to do again? But what new things can you invite into your life that bring hope in a way that your brain doesn't trigger? I know what happens after this. All right. Get ready, Denmark. <laughs> yeah, right? Annie F. Downs is on the way. <laughs> Annie F. Downs, she's coming to the Copenhagen Zoo. She's going That's to be right. looking for tulips. <laughs> I don't know what else she'll be All doing when she's there. Yeah, I don't they even have a... I've never been, Carmen. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so apparently, like, one of the things that, I mean, I you know, there's there's just tons of wildlife there, which I think might be surprising to people. And there are, you know, there's, like, great hiking. I mean, in addition to, like, castles that are built in in ways and in places that are just like stunning. I've never been there either, but I'm a good Googler. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be so. a good Googler, but I am really looking forward to it. I mean, won't you just be glad when the world is easier to see again? Um, that is one thing I've really missed in the pandemic and something I'm really looking forward to. So there's like a yes and no in me in answer to that question, because okay. I also suspect there's been a lot of things happening in the darkness that are going to need our tending to once they come to light. And so I have both this like great expectation and hope. Yes, I'm so excited about getting out there again, but I also recognize that there have been a lot of deeds done in darkness and people have been harmed. And we are as, you know, as Christians going to have to be on the forefront of, of redemptive recovery um, in all of this. So not to be a downer, not to be a downer in answer to the question, um, but not everybody has been having fun um, in the pandemic. Yeah, that's I, I don't think that's a downer. I think that's actually a really beautiful and true thing to say is is one of the things we get to do as the world open up opens up again is fight for justice in ways we haven't mm. before. And so um, that sounds fun to me. Amen. See, see, fighting for justice sounds fun to me, too, like liberating yeah. people. And yeah. yeah, amen. All right. That's Annie F. Downs. You can hear her like all the time on her most excellent <laughs> podcast, which is called That Sounds Fun. The book is also That Sounds Fun. The Joys of Being an Amateur, The Power of Falling in Love, and Why You Need a Hobby. Best place to find her? AnnieFDowns.com. Okay, Annie, we got to meet in real life at some point. Oh, I absolutely agree, Carmen. Thanks so much for having me on today. This was really fun. This was really fun. Blessings. We'll be right back. Okay, now I'm laughing. People want to know where they can watch the Carmen cooking show. Okay, it's not actually a cooking show. Uh, So I, uh, for several weeks early in COVID on my personal Facebook page, I did, you know, Tasty Tuesday cooking with Carmen or something. I don't even know how you go back and find things like that. So there you go. I don't really know the answer to your question, uh, whether or not you could go and watch them now. Maybe if you click on videos on my personal Facebook page, I don't I don't actually know the answer to your question. You are a mystery to me, person. Um, all right. So um, what what fun, what joy to gather with you, you here on this Wednesday. Thank you for all the grace you showed me yesterday when I thought it was Wednesday and it was only Tuesday. There are so many ways and places places today that you and I could be praying the news. I want to encourage you to do that. I also want you to consider the question, what sounds fun? 
What sounds fun to you? How would you answer that very simple question? Um, and I like Annie's challenge. Like, answer it briefly. Answer it succinctly. Um, maybe it is, this wouldn't be five words. Like, I, I would be so hard-pressed to answer her question the way that she asked it to be answered. But, like, Jim and I have these um, chairs that sit in our bedroom. And we like to sit in them and both put our feet on the ottoman and have our soles of our feet sole to sole. So, I mean, uh, what sounds fun to me? Sitting sole to sole with my husband and having time to talk with each other about the Lord and life and kids and grandkids and the future and the present and you and what we're doing here together and what he's working on. That that sounds fun to me. That sounds really fun to me. What sounds fun to you? Let me know. You can always email me, Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com. And I'd love it if you would share this program with someone else that it, to whom it might be a blessing. Maybe there's somebody out there that needs a little fun today. You can go to MyFaithRadio.com and share the podcast. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.